everyone, and welcome to That Lux Life Podcast. I'm your host, Aisha A.K. Lesh of the petite fashion and luxury lifestyle blog, Living Lesh, where I aim to redefine what luxury means and lead you into living your best life. Each week, I'll be bringing you those tips, secrets, and bits of inspiration that will take you into living your luxurious life without the four-figure price tag. So get ready to live your life in luxury, because guess what? You deserve it. everyone and welcome back to another episode of the that lux life podcast today we're going to be talking about something that is very business focused and something that i do myself and something that i share more and more about as i develop my course that's now live um, and share additional bonus uh, lessons as well as updating those lessons as i'm growing and sharing the tips and tricks i know so before we get into it just as a reminder the that lux life podcast is also affiliated with my blog and brand Living Lesh, which also has an influencer course called the Influencer Biz, which is for bloggers, creators, influencers, where it's a self-paced course where once you enroll, you get lifetime access. And I teach you basically everything there is to know about running an influencer business. So one of the biggest topics that I talk about in and teach my students in the, that, uh, the Influencer Biz course is being a CEO and growing your team. What many people fail to realize is that as you develop as an influencer, one thing that you do have to do, well, not just develop as an influencer, develop as an influencer, a creator, a blogger, uh, however you term yourself, depending on what you are doing in your business, is that you are not someone that has to stay solo for years and years to come. And I will say that was something that I did not understand or believe when I started out as a creator and an influencer. When I started blogging, I figured this was a business I was going to run by myself for years to come. And that maybe at one point I would have a manager and that would be it just to kind of help me with brand negotiations, you know, outreach for brands and things like that. But lo and behold, over the past couple of years, I realized that running an influencer business, running a creator business, running a blogging business is just like running any other small business, like running any business, first of all. It's going to require more people to help you, especially as you grow. You are not going to want to stay stagnant for your entire career as an influencer, creator, or blogger. You are probably at the point where you're like, you know what, I want to expand. I may want to get into this full time, or maybe I still want to work my other job, but I want my business to do more and more than just existing on social media or existing online. I want to grow in other revenue streams, which I also teach in the course, but what you what people fail to realize is that as you are growing and you're looking to develop these other revenue streams, you're looking to grow on other platforms, you're looking to expand beyond what you're doing, you're going to need help. And even with people like me, there is this element of, well, this is my business, this is my brand. I know how to run it. I know how to do it. I know what's best. If I hand over things, someone might start doing it differently. And then I don't know. Well, Yes, that that may be a course is that you don't know. Like that's just part of the whole course itself is you're not going to know. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. So on today's episode, I want to dive into hiring employees and contractors as a creator, an influencer, or a blogger. In this creative space, again, we, we tend to think that we have to run this business by ourselves. And I will say that when I was running it by myself, I was doing okay. 
And I will not say that if you're doing okay, it's not bad. I mean, okay is okay, but you're not doing good. You're not doing great. You're not doing exceptional. And I was at that point is I was doing okay. And then ever since then, in the past couple of years, as I've grown my team and I've hired employees and contractors, I now can say I'm doing great. I'm getting close to doing exceptional. I'm, you know, at the point where I'm, I feel like I'm about to grow and bust. And next thing you know, I'm going to be on the moon doing so many great things that I didn't even know that were possible. So if you're thinking about hiring employees and contractors or you're about to or you have and you're just like something's not working, I want to share a few tips on hiring employees and contractors as an influencer, as a creator, and as a blogger that you can take and use as you begin to grow your team. So the first thing that you should do if you're thinking about hiring anybody is to develop that role. So if you are hiring someone, like recently I rehired a content manager, or if you're hiring a personal assistant or a a virtual assistant, or you're hiring a social media manager. Just like any business, what you need to do is you need to sit down, write out the job description, write out exactly what this role means. Their job description, the tasks they will be they will be accountable for, what things you're looking for them to do, what are the hours you're looking for them to work, what tools they'll need to know, what the qualifications are for meeting, do they need to have experience, are you okay with them not having experience, if they need to have experience, what experience do you need to know them, what they need to have. Maybe there are certain tools that you operate in. You're like, I don't feel like training anyone on these tools right now, so I need someone to come in and you know, be able to just hit the ground running. So you need to literally sit out and write out a job description that showcases exactly what you're looking for. You also want to establish in your mind what the pay is going to be for this role. Are you hiring someone that is an employee or a contractor and you're paying them hourly? Are you planning on paying them as a monthly retainer, which some people do? Um, depending on if it's a contractor. Contractors usually pay for a monthly retainer. Employees usually pay for an by the hour or as a salary. So you wanna establish that. If you are paying salary on that job description, make sure you write out what the salary is or what the salary range is because you don't want people applying when you're like, you know what, I'm hiring a content manager. I'm planning on paying you bi-weekly or monthly or twice a month um, and the salary is going to be $30,000 a year. Letting them know that, you know, I'm only expecting 30 hours a week at minimum, um, but this is your this is your salary. I'm not saying that's, that's a good salary, I'm not saying it's a bad salary. That's just me just giving some numbers. You want to establish that on the job description just so that people who apply for it or are interested in the job don't come in and say, well, I'm looking for 60000 a year. Okay, well, the job description said 30000 so you're doubling it. So we're having a conversation where you're like, I can't even afford that. And in that mindset, if you are looking to hire employees and contractors and you're establishing a pay or what you're going to do, make sure that works within your budget. Budget planning is so important when running your business. You're having a business plan, and I share all that, like I said, in my Influencer Biz course of having to establish a budget, looking at your gross income, net income, your expenses, how that works, and playing that out for the year to even see if you can afford to hire someone. But again, I explained that more. That's a different topic for a different day. So make sure that ahead of time you have all of that ironed out. 
what are you expecting from this, this person that's going to come in and fill this position? All of those details. And you can look up and find examples of those positions from other people. You can ask around. Of course, you can go into the course um, that I have. Like I was just saying, I have I have uh, templates for that where it shares, you know, here's the job description I wrote, how it looks so that you can kind of see everything and how it works. Um, after you have basically established what that job description, that role is going to be, you also need to kind of prepare all of your legal paperwork ahead of time. And a lot of this legal paperwork can be used as something where you can fill it in. So for example, if you have an NDA, and I highly recommend having an NDA, especially if you're letting them into um, personal information as a creator or an influencer, especially as a contractor. Employees, usually you maybe make an employee handbook and they sign it and they have to agree to it. For contractors, you may work it into the the contractor um you know, what am I looking for? The contractor uh, contract that you make um, for that. But if they're going to send you their own contract, you need to put an NDA in place. The NDA just basically says that anything that they see, they have access to, they will not take from you, that you may want to establish that the ideas maintained are your own. Again, I have um, a template for that as well that I use, but basically my NDA outlines that there are no personal information they can share. If they have access to my email, they are not taking any um, brand partnership emails because God forbid that you have someone who's working as someone who is, you know, you hire to help you pitch brand deals. And what they're doing is they're going into your inbox for anything that's incoming, taking those email addresses that you're getting and then using them for possibly another client. You want to nip that in the bud. If they are sharing anything where it's, um, you know, they're sharing it over to you, you're sharing it over to them, you can do a mutual NDA, you can do a one-sided NDA, but you want to have something in place that basically they can't share passwords, they can't share information, anything that is very personal and very specific to your brand and your company, you don't want them sharing out. The other thing you need to do is make sure for contractors and employees, you have a contract. If a contractor is going to supply their own contract, make sure that when you're looking at your contractor or employee contract that you create, that the sections align up, that there is some similarities, there are some things that you can agree upon. So make sure you read it thoroughly. For me as a creator, as an influencer, as a blogger, I specifically look to send my own NDA in my own contract. The reason why is I know that everything that's in there, I don't have to like fully read through just because, you know, as a CEO, you have less and less time, you're running a business by yourself, not saying that you can't take other contractors, uh, independent contractors, contracts and reading them and going through and just making sure everything aligns. I am just someone who's personal that's saying, you know, if I'm hiring you, I did the, the search out, you're going to sign my contract. And what I do is I create a standard template that basically outlines all the expectations, how I run things. Um, for any position, whether it is a personal assistant, a virtual assistant, a content manager, a Pinterest manager, um, a social media manager, whatever that may be. But the sections outline, you know, it's between me and this person. Um, they also they are agreeing already to the NDA that's been previously signed. There is a section that goes around, um, you know, expenses, if there's anything they have to go out and buy, how that's worked. Um, the hours, how they need to manage tracking hours, um, how they need to task manage, um, how they're going to get paid, the process of getting paid for them. So outlining those big practices where there's no reason for someone to go in, well, this was supposed to happen, but it didn't. 
well, okay, you know, well, why didn't it happen? Well, it wasn't in my contract. So why am I doing this? It also allows me to copy and paste from the um, the job description what the tasks were and put them into it along with their rate and all the other information. So it allows me to put everything in one place on this contract. I also go over termination clauses as to what what is required for them to terminate themselves. So if they want to quit, you know, I need this amount of time ahead of time before you leave. You need to offload all of these things. This is what needs to happen in order for you to quit. If I fire you, these are the grounds in which I can fire you. Um, and then it also outlines any grounds of which someone is fired or they quit and they can or can't get paid. So I make sure to outline that as well, because there will be situations where you may have to fire an employee or a contractor and they basically don't get their money back or they don't get their money back, but they don't get paid because of whatever they did. So it may be something as outrageous as they stole a bunch of proprietary information from you. Well, that thievery now has to go back into your expenses. So you're not paying them because they basically broke the contract. Um, and then what what grounds that goes upon, you just want to put all that legal information in there to protect yourself and your business, as well as make sure to make them feel comfortable. I have talked to employees and contractors that I have brought on. And they've said that when they were reading my contract, they felt so comfortable because not only did they see, okay, you know, this person's very businesslike. Yes, they're protecting themselves, but they're also protecting me because there's no gray area where I'm like, they're like, you know, if this happens, this is what's going to happen. Or I don't know what's going to happen. They know exactly what's going to happen. They know the expectations and they can keep themselves in line so that you don't really have to worry about having to manage these people so micromanaging because they can basically self-manage themselves off of those legal contracts. So again, first two things you want to have prior to even reaching out just so that you have it or anything in line is the job descriptions and your legal information or your legal contracts, NDA contract. Now, once you're ready to start hiring people, what I usually do is you can go on places like Indeed, LinkedIn. Those are bigger places. Um, I first start looking in some of the um, Facebook groups that I'm in to see if anyone has anyone they can recommend, anyone they have ties to, or even there are other creators out there who aren't as big, but they do content management. They do Pinterest strategy. They have these very succinct skills and they are selling those skills or selling themselves as contractors. Or, you know, maybe they're looking to hire on because they're like, you know what? I don't want to work my own business anymore. I want to work for somebody else and grow with them. Where you want to be careful with that is, I have heard horror stories of influencers, creators, and bloggers who have went onto Facebook groups that are specifically for other influencers searching for someone like a content manager. And that they brought on that person and that person was specifically coming into their business because they saw they were so successful to basically try to learn from them. And I said that in quotation marks, air quotes learn from them, which basically was just taking information that they can go back and begin growing their own business. Or they were just kind of looking to dive deep. So just be careful with that. That doesn't happen, you know, over and over again, but it is something to be aware of. But you do your search. You search and then you go through and you maybe do background checks. Some people like to do background checks um, to make sure that this person has just is, is sane. 
um, that this person doesn't have anything following them around. You want to go look after their own social media profiles to make sure that they can dedicate their time to you. Um, I have gone through a couple of people where I was like, you know what, I'm expecting this much time. I need this. I need you committed. I need you in this daytime. And not saying that you don't want to hire anyone that doesn't have other jobs, but if they have like four or five other jobs and you're like, I need you to work 30 hours a week, there's no way they're going to be able to work 30 hours a week for you with four to five other jobs. They're not going to be fully committed. You're going to be behind and you're going to get frustrated and you don't want to set yourself up for that. I have done that where I'm like, okay, I hired this person. They seem super great. And then all of a sudden they're just working too many other jobs, too many other positions. Next thing you know, I'm like on their LinkedIn. They have me listed along with like six other people. And I'm like, okay, this is why you're constantly behind. I need you to be here. I need you to be present. I need you to get my things done. Um, and, you know, it, I learned these things after giving that that trial time, which I'll talk about in, in a bit. But make sure you're doing that due diligence ahead of time. Background checks, looking them up on social, looking them up on their professional profiles to see if you really feel like this person that you may be about to interview is actually going to be someone that can fit that role. Then you want to go into your interviews and your interviews should have the same questions for every interviewee. It's just safer because you don't want to basically not know something about someone else that you know about this person. And then you just start weeding them out. You may have a phenomenal first interview and that's great, but do not basically go, you know, what? this first person was great. I want to hire them. And then you just kind of house the rest of the, in the interviews and just kind of listen um, just make sure everything just stays the same. You have, you have the same mindset going into every interview. You have the same questions going in every interview just so that everything stays on a fair playing field. So that when you're evaluating, you know, the resumes, you're evaluating the questions, you're evaluating the back background checks that you've done, that everything is at that level where you can evaluate it fairly and make a good decision for your business. Because at the end of the day, you know, you may like this person's personality. You may have been introduced to this person through a mutual friend, but it's not personal. It's business. Your influencer creator and blogging business is something where you're creating those connections, developing this relationship with your community. So it becomes personal to you and your business is like probably your baby. It's personal, but you have to look at the relationship between you hiring an employee or hiring a contractor as a business exchange and see what they're going to be able to bring to the table to help you grow. If they are not going to help you grow, if they're going to be holding you back, they're going to be holding you stagnant. If you're spending so much time training, training, and training and following them down, you're not being, you're not giving the time to do the creative elements that you want and growing your business. So make sure you go in, you do those interviews with a fair playing field. And then when you're ready and you found that person, you're like, you know what, I really like this person. You go in and you do the offer, but do not send any rejection emails until after the person that you say you're going to hire actually signs all the contracts. So whether it's a contract or employee, until they have looked at the job offer that you sent them, they've signed everything, you've set a first day date, and that person has started, then send your rejection emails. Just saying to other people saying, you know, it was great, you know, interviewing, thank you for taking the time. And if there's people that you're like, you know what, I would have hired them. Um, just this one, this person I hired just had this one extra thing. Keep them warm. There are ways to, you know, send those emails saying, you know, I hope you the best in your endeavors. Um, I'm going to keep your information on mind, uh, you know, on file if another position that fits your skills opens. And I'll reach out that time to see if you're available just so you know that you're like, I did like you. 
it's just not a fit right now. And then in the case that this person that you have hired, they sign the contracts and the first day comes, they're like, you know what, never mind, I can't do that. Or after they get through the trial period, just like, you know, something's not working. You have these other people that you can go back to and just say, you know, it was it didn't work out with that person. Be very transparent because obviously if you're going to bring them into your business and be working with them. You want to be transparent with these people of, you know, it didn't work out, but I would love to re-talk to you about this position. Make sure that we're still on the same page and see if you're still interest, interested and then go from there. Now, the other thing I did talk about is a trial period. So you've interviewed this person, you sent out this job offer, they've signed all the contracts, all the legal information, and now they're starting. You're going to have one to two weeks of onboarding. Onboarding is going to be a struggle. You're going to have to pass over information, provide training on how you run things. You're going to have meetings where you're just basically bring them up to speed of how your business runs. And even after that one or two weeks of onboarding, it doesn't mean that they're going to hit the ground running. They may. They may just have learned everything super quickly and they're like, you know what? I got this. I don't need to manage me. And the next thing you know, that third week, they're just like off to the races and you're the one trying to keep up. And if that happens, great. But you most likely will get in the situation where you spent this very close time with them for two weeks and then all of a sudden, you know, they're still kind of struggling along. That's going to happen. What you need to allocate for any contractor or employee that you bring along, and this even happens in businesses that like I've worked for. I, I work for another company that, you know, they have a trial time where it's, okay, after, you know, six weeks, after two months, after three months, you know, after that, if you have not brought yourself up to speed, our trial time is over and we're going to have to, we're going to have to move on. And that's something that you should do. Put in a timeline that is fair, that will say, you know, I'm going to train you for this amount of weeks. We're going to work out the differences for the next amount of weeks. But by this date, by this time, after your start date, I need you to be able to self-manage, be proactive. I need you to know all these things. And I don't need anything to be, have like past due dates. I need everything done on time. I need to be doing your job 100%. Because you may have in your job description, their job description, all of these tasks, but you may be unloading them step by step. You get to give them time to be going, okay, I've learned out of my six, I've done two, started two this week, they've mastered the two. The next week is the other two. The next week is the other two. And then, okay, you know what? By three months, I need you to just be going. I don't want anything in the red. I don't want any excuses. I don't want to just have to keep talking to you about, okay, let's do this. How can I help you? What can we do? Give that trial period. I've even had contractors who I reached out with saying, you know, I, I see that you open, you know, that Pinterest manager I have, for example. I went to a company or a business, a, a small business who does Pinterest management and they do my Pinterest management. But when I sign on in their contract, it actually says that there is a trial period time saying that you have to initially sign on for this amount of months. And then after that, the contract can, can terminate. My manager had the same thing. With his business, it was, okay, we're going to go through this. And for the first amount of months, it's just going to be you and I. And then after that, if you want to you want to uh, cancel it, let's cancel it. That makes sense because it's going to take time for to get used to each other, to get used to your processes, to understand what's going on before you can fully evaluate this isn't working. You can't say something's not working if you haven't given it the time to figure out if it does work. So when you're hiring employees and contractors during the onboarding session or even before they're hired before the offer, you explain that this is going to be the trial period. And by the time this time hits, if you are, if they person not up to speed, you are going to be able to fire them. 
You're going to be able to remove them. You're going to move on because again, you have to run your own business. And then as that works on, there's going to be bumps. There's going to be people that you're going to just have to keep growing. Um, but those are the aspects of when you're looking to hire employees and contractors, things that you want to consider, processes you want to go through, and aspects to just place into your business structure. So those are just basically some high-level tips. Now, if you want to get into the nitty-gritty, you want to look at those templates, you're like, you know, I need someone to handhold me and walk me through. I need deep dive into hiring employees and contractors and what I should be doing in my influencer business. Go onto my website, livinglesh.com slash the-influencer-biz, or you can just go on livinglesh.com and find influencer course. The influencer biz is now open for enrollment. I am teaching not only just how to hire employees, I'm teaching uh, CEO tips, I'm teaching how to pitch brands, I'm teaching how to establish your brand, how to grow your community, how to grow on platforms, how to pitch brand partnerships, how to... Um, set up a business plan, how to manage legal aspects when it comes to being an LLC or growing as a business, how to manage finances, you know, looking at your taxes. I teach everything it is about running an influencer business when it comes to social media, blogs, everything you need to know. I talk about adding on additional revenue streams where you want to sell products. You want to sell digital products versus physical products. You want to sell services, whatever you want to do. I teach that in that course. So go on my website, Influencer Business, now enrollment. There's plenty of payment plans and it's a self-paced course and you get lifetime access. So as the influencer space changes, I'm adding on new content for you to grow. So I hope you found this content super, super helpful. And I'd super appreciate it if you gave a like, you know, subscribe, whichever platform you're listening to this on and leave a review on my podcast. I would love it. Reviews help me to grow, help you to help me to grow, help me to bring on amazing guests, help me to just basically bring you more and more content that you would love to hear on each episode. So make sure you leave a five-star review, you know, put some notes around there saying, you know, what you like. And then if there's a topic you're really interested in hearing, send me an email at lesh at livinglesh.com and I will catch you on the next episode.